Hey guys, I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And this is going to be unsettling. Deeply. You okay? I think so. I looked over and you're like, in another, <laughs> like another dimension. She's gone. We've lost her. I hurt myself. Alert the authorities. We've lost her. <laughs> um, so I was looking at the calendar and I don't think I needed to say this on here, but now I'm going to. And this episode should come out August 5th, which is special because it's almost my birthday. But also, I'm a Leo. And I don't know my moons or my suns. Do you know, like, your suns or your moons? I never remember. So if there is a girl out there with a lot of bracelets and, like, really big sunglasses that wanted, that wants to tell me what my moon and my sun is, I'd really <laughs> I'd really appreciate that. You just look at it on the internet, too. I don't, But I don't know what that means. Okay. I need someone to, like, walk me through it. All right. Um, but really, it's more interesting because we may or may not have an episode after this week because I will be away... The hmm. week from the 5th to the 12th. Okay. So either we bother Steve and record again sooner than we normally would, uh-huh. which we could do if he's willing. Or we just don't. Or we just take a week off and then, sorry, guys, we're taking a week off. Yeah. So we'll we'll figure that out. So if there's nothing after this for a week, that's why. If come to know, like, that could happen. You know, we're a little haphazard here. I feel like you're probably... Like, we're doing the best we can. You're What's probably okay. A single mom who works two jobs. That's what I feel like. <laughs> Except I'm not a single mom and I have one job. So, fun fact for the day, according to, and this is relevant to my story, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, which you taught us that (laughs) that has the same thing as the beer. Yeah. According to them, the oldest hotel in the world is the, I'm going to slaughter this, Nishiyama Osen Kyokan. It's a traditional Japanese inn. And it has been owned by 52 generations of the same family. It's weird. And it was founded in 705 AD. Is it a fucking cave? And has... No. That's the weirdest part. You would think if it's that old, it looks old. It looks like it's from like the 50s. I'm it's sure weird. improvements have been made I, since but yeah, like, AD. It looks like someone completely redid it. Like they can't even call it the same hotel. Look no. it up one day. It's weird. Okay. I'll put a picture in the Instagram too. But... It looked, I was surprised at how relatively new it looks. Like it's still, you can tell it's older, but like it looks new. Okay. So anyway, super old hotel. That little tidbit leads us into today's case, which I had not heard of before today. So I'm interested to see if you had. There is a hotel in downtown Kansas City called the President's Hotel, which has a very terrifying and confusing past. The guest of the hotel which led them to this very unappealing fame, checked in on January 2nd, 1935, under the name Roland T. Owens. Mm, I don't know, nothing yet. All right. Roland was a well-dressed and charming man, and he He requested an interior room um, on a higher floor 
and made a comment as he was checking in about how a neighboring hotel was charging way too much to stay there. Roland said that he was traveling through Kansas City and that he was originally from L.A., which would explain his dapper looks and freshly pressed clothes. He had a very uh, unfamiliar, like he didn't belong there. His appearance was too sharp, as they put it. Because, you know, it's the 30s, the roaring 30s. The hotel assigned Roland to room 1046. Where's the hotel again? Kansas City. How is this hotel in 705? No, no, no. Two separate hotels. Okay. For some, for one moment, I lost that. And yeah. then it came together. And I was like, this doesn't seem... No, no. That, the oldest hotel in the world is in Japan. Okay. So that's like just... Yeah. yeah. Now just we're there. back in Kansas City. We're the in great Kansas old City. United States. And it's still pretty old. So... Because it's the 30s. This is the 30s, yeah. Yeah. And I think this is still a hotel today. Oh. So uh, he said he was traveling through Kansas City. He was originally from L.A., that's why he didn't seem to fit the normal residents of Kansas City. You okay over there? It looks like you're drowning. I'm glib. Okay. <laughs> so the hotel assigned Roland to room 1046. And the bellboy was quick to help Roland to his room. Because again, it looked like he had money. Like he, <laughs> He's like, this guy looks yeah, like I have money. Got some coin here. But was surprised to see that this man who was traveling from LA in really nice clothes had no luggage with him. He only had a comb and toothpaste. But the bellboy helped him to his room, nonetheless. After checking in, the front desk would see Roland come and go, assuming he was in meetings throughout the day, which would explain his, like, weird, frequent leavings and goings of the hotel. It was very intermittent. On January 3rd, one day after checking in, the hotel maid, Mary Soptic, was making her rounds to clean rooms. She would do this midday as most of the businessmen would be out of their rooms at this time and in meetings and she could clean without disturbing them. So she was making her way through the rooms on the 10th floor when she got to room 1046, Roland's room. The door was locked from the inside, which was different than most of the other rooms that she works on because typically when the guest leaves for the day, they lock the doors they're leaving on the outside. Mm -hmm. Mary would always knock before entering, even if the door was locked, just out of courtesy, and was surprised when she knocked and Roland answered the door. Because again, it's midday, he should be doing something. So Mary told Roland that she would be back later and didn't want to disturb him, but Roland insisted that she just clean now. So Roland said he was heading out anyway and asked that she, after she was done cleaning, to not lock the door behind her. Because he was going to have a guest that would be arriving very soon. And then Roland left Mary to clean the room. The whole interaction really threw Mary out of her routine. So it took her a second to realize that after he left, she was standing in a pitch black hotel room. Even more odd was that Roland was in that room before her. So like he was in this pitch black hotel room. It's not like he turned the lights out as he left. Mm. The, sh <laughs> the shades were completely drawn and the only light was a very small desk lamp. But... Mary came there to clean the room. So she cleaned the room, made her way out, and left the door unlocked as Roland requested. I'm going to take a sip because my allergies. Sorry. So, a few hours later, Mary would make her rounds again with fresh towels. Because she took all the towels in the morning, she washed them and brought them back. Again, most of the guests were still out for the day, so she would simply put the towels down, head to the next room. She was working through the 10th floor again, and she reached 1046. She expected the door to now be locked because she left it unlocked, but he said there would be a guest very soon. So when she went to the door, it was still 
unlocked. And Mary assumed that maybe Roland and his guests hadn't arrived yet. So she entered the, again, pitch black room and delivered the towels, made her way. So Mary realized relatively quickly that she wasn't alone in that room as she was delivering the towels. (laughs) Yeah. Roland had made his way back to the room and was asleep. Fully dressed, laying on top of the blankets in the dark room. <laughs> That's what I pictured for some reason. Yeah, like, just with like, shoes on. <laughs> like, on his back. Yeah, just, like, sleeping yeah. like a dead man. <laughs> on the nightstand next to Roland was a note that said, Don, I will be back in 15 minutes. Wait. Barry was careful not to wake up Roland, left the towels, continued on to the next hotel room. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on here, but I want to get out. So, on January 4th, the second day that Roland stayed at the hotel... Barry was, again, making her rounds, more aware that she was nearing room 1046. This fucking room. Yeah. What is happening now? Normally, she didn't pay attention to what room she was in. She was just making her way through. But now she was weary of 1046. But Mary was relieved to find that 1046 was locked from the outside. She's like, thank God. As if Roland had left for a meeting and Mary could just clean in peace. So Mary used her master key to get in and the room was very dark. She began to make her way through the room, making the beds when she realized Roland had been sitting in the dark in the chair in the corner the entire time. Watching her. Ah! Yeah. And Mary didn't realize Roland was there until his phone rang. And Roland answered, and all Roland said was, no, I don't want to eat. I'm not hungry. I just had breakfast and hung out. But he's sitting in this completely pitch dark room. So Roland then addressed Mary and asked her, how many rooms does she clean in a day? And about, he asked about the other guests in the hotel and if anyone else complains about the neighboring hotel prices. Just, you know, small talk to the, from the creepy guy staying in the dark room. Mary answered as best as she could while trying to maintain her composure, completed her cleaning of 1046 and left. As she was about to move on to the next room, she realized that Roland's door was locked from the outside when she got there. So someone locked Roland in that room. Mary tried to shake the feeling of uneasiness and continued about her cleaning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Someone locked that man in that dark room. And he's just chilling. Just like, hey, how many rooms are you in charge of? But it wasn't her the day before? It was. Like she locked it, I'm saying, the day before? No. Remember, it was unlocked. And she left it unlocked. Okay. Because he was in there. He was sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like clockwork... Mary made her afternoon rounds with fresh towels and was approaching 1046. Mary just wanted to pass over 1046, but she knew she removed all of Roland's towels this morning when she cleaned, so he had none to use. Mary knocked on 1046's door and heard two voices behind the door. Like, you're drip drying today, honey. (laughs) You're going to shake it. Uh, Roland and someone with a much deeper voice was behind the door. After she knocked, the deep voice said, who is it? And Mary explained that she had fresh towels for them. And the deep voice told her they had enough and they didn't need any more towels. And Mary accepted that and moved on to the next room. She's like, you know what? Perfect. Don't have to deal with them. Keep it. Keep it moving. So on January 5th, the third day, the front desk received a call from the hotel telephone operator. And when I read this, I was like, the what? Yeah, they used to have someone that just had to like get a call in and then redirect it. Yeah, they literally had like ports in the wall that they would stick the Mm -hmm. why it's crazy to me so they got a call from that person letting them know that the phone in 1046 had been off the hook for about an hour 
and the front desk sent a bellhop to check on the room, but found like a do not disturb on a locked door outside of 1046. So the bellhop knocked and a voice, it was weird. The bellhop knocked, a voice told him to come in. But when the bellhop said it was locked, he didn't hear any movement from inside the room. Like, you know, if you tell somebody to come in and then they realize it's locked, you would get, you would hear them shuffle. Make it up. Assuming he didn't hear any movement. So assuming the man was not getting up to unlock the door, the bellhop yelled for Roland to put the phone back on the hook and just went downstairs. Because what else can he do? An hour and a half later, the telephone operator calls the front desk again to let them know that the phone in 1046 was still off the hook. The bellhop returned to 1046 and opened the door with a master key. The bellhop found a man on the bed naked, most likely drunk and asleep, under the blankets. And the table that the phone was on, which was next to the bed, was knocked over. So the bellhop made quick work to not disturb the sleeping guy, fix the table, put the phone on the hook, and left. Locked the door behind him. An hour later, the front desk gets another call. It's the telephone operator. Room 1046 is off the hook again. The bellhop returns to 1046, uses the master key to open the door, and expects to find the same man sleeping in some vicinity of this room. Unfortunately, when the bellhop opened the door, he found a bloodbath. The walls and bed sheets were stained with blood, and in the corner was Roland with his head in his hands, bleeding from multiple stab wounds. Oh my fucking god! Yeah, the bellhop called 911, and Roland was rushed to the hospital. The bellhop asked Roland what happened, and Roland said he fell. On knives? Yeah, on on several Several. knives. Oh my god. So the doctors discovered that Roland was not only suffering from these stab wounds that were very apparent, but also had been restrained by some sort of cord. He had like restrained marks on his wrists. His lung was punctured and his skull was fractured. Roland was pronounced dead shortly after arriving at the hospital. Well. So the doctors were able to tell, this is the freaky part, The doctors were able to tell that the injuries Roland died from occurred before the bellhop went up to his room the first time. Like the first time he knocked on the door and somebody said, come in. That it had already happened. But then he went in the room. And he was under the blankets. And he thought he was asleep. So it's possible that Roland was trying to call for help. Uh Uh-huh. But the detective, de- the detectives just got more questions than answers from Roland's room because when they went in to investigate, there was no clothes in the room at all. But Roland was naked and he showed up in very sharp clothes, like very well-dressed clothes. So somebody took his clothes when they, it's obviously no cameras, the 30, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the toothpaste, the soap, the comb, like all the lotion and stuff that comes with the hotel room, the comb that he brought was all removed from the room. And the detectives then reached out to L.A. Because remember, he's this dapper yeah. guy from L.A. So they They're reached like, out the to... the fuck is Roland? <laughs> they reached out to the police for more information on Roland, only to find that Roland never existed. There you go. The hotel... Uh, the hotel Roland had complained about, remember, he said that yeah. the, the other one was more expensive. The one that he complained about had come forward and said that Roland stayed with them on January 1st, the day before he checked into this one. But he checked in as Eugene Scott. Mm. that's also a fake name you could also just check in as whoever you wanted back in the day <laughs> yeah because you didn't have like you, you just wrote it in a book you're just like i am here i am it's so hard to go into the, to check in into a hotel like that now oh my god no you need like a you form be of famous. ID, yeah a credit card yeah you have to be famous so, like famous eventually 
the police released that this man had been murdered and they were trying to figure out who he belonged to, right? So people had come to claim Roland's body as lost family members, but it wouldn't end up being the person that they thought it was. So they were just hoping like, you know, this is my brother I haven't heard from in 30 years. Maybe that's him kind of thing. Yeah. But they would get there and realize this is not their brother. So Roland's body was finally laid to rest with a really small funeral home, a uh, really small funeral. The funeral home hosting Roland's service received an envelope and a bouquet of flowers the day of Roland's funeral. The envelope contained a donation to cover the funds for Roland's funeral. And the flowers had a card that said, love forever, Lucille. A year later, a woman came forward and claimed that Roland was her son, but that his name was Artemis Ogletree and had been staying in Kansas City hotels. The detectives were inclined to believe her as there was nothing that she would gain from it. Obviously, he had like no money, yeah. no possessions. But the case of room 1046 to this day is still unsolved. That's fucking weird. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Isn't it crazy that he went into the room and that man was already like bleeding out? Yeah. And he's just like, do do do. Like, oh, I'm just going to fix this table. Sorry, sleeping drunk. And then he's like bleeding out and he's like, I'm going to go in the chair. Yeah. It's like, maybe I'll feel better if I go in the chair. And like, why were the lights always off? I don't know. Why did he ask for like an interior room? Like, yeah, these are all premeditated things. But what are you hiding from? Seems like a weird. I don't know. If you're leaving the door unlocked to invite someone in. Yes. So he didn't know. Uh, I found this information from All Things Interesting and Wikipedia. Well, when I worked in a hotel, I... Oh, I forgot you worked in a hotel. Harvey Weinstein stayed there. <gasps> I never told you this. No? It's fucking ridiculous. This was, like, right before he went on trial. Oh, shit. And so he was trying to, like... First of all, I didn't even know what he looked like. And he so somebody like calls and you're like, can I get the the New York Times? I'm like, we don't have that newspaper. <laughs> he's, he's, I didn't know this was him. So I'm like dealing with someone like Craig. He's like, oh, he's like, well, isn't there somebody that can like go get it? I was like, no, we don't have somebody on staff who just does shit like that, we, sir. We don't have a newspaper boy. We don't have a paper boy. This is not 1927. And he's like, well, I need breathe right strips too. And I'm like, we don't have people that do these things. You're in a hotel, know, sir. I don't know what the fuck I have to tell you. Like, go to CVS. So he's Harvey Weinstein, so obviously he's used to getting things like this. I guess, yeah. Um. So I actually went up to the room at one point. They needed help with, like, bags <laughs> when they were leaving, I swear. Or when they were coming or going. I forget. I think it was when they were coming. It was, like, this young girl that checked in. She was probably, like, I don't know, like, 21, 22. She was, like, staying with him. They had a dog. They were, like... Sp- the room smelled like shit. Like he was just smoking like a ton in there. And I was like in the room with Harvey fucking Weinstein, this dog and this woman. So then I went to the hotel bar at some point and I was just bullshitting with the bartender. Cause I just like to do that. And he's like, those people are saying that guy is Harvey Weinstein over there. He's like, that's that. we were just like, ha ha. Then we looked at each other. We're like, that's stupid. Ha ha. And we were like having like a laughing fit about it. He's like, yeah, he ordered two ice cream sundaes and we're just like dying. And he has this walker and he's using with like tennis balls on the bottom. Harvey Weinstein on a walker? Again, right before his trial. So he's trying to make himself look like a sympathetic person. like a feeble old man. Like a feeble old man. And then like a TMZ. So then after the fact they checked out, a TMZ article came out with Harvey fucking. Somebody took a picture of him in the hotel restaurant. They're like, (gasps) he ordered two ice cream sundaes. So I went to the bartender. I'm like, you fucking see this shit? (laughs) We were like losing it. 
Uh, absolutely dying. Because we didn't know. I, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't know what he looks like before that. And then he went to jail. Wow. Like short, then they went to trial and like went to jail. Wow. Real fucking weird. I had some other famous guests, but I respect them enough to like respect their privacy. Yeah. Harvey Except Weinstein. Sinbad. He wouldn't care. He took pictures of me, Sinbad. Sinbad? Sinbad's fucking awesome. Eric's super nice Sinbad. guy. He tips like everyone when he comes in. He's yeah? real fucking friendly. He took really? pictures with you. Like he was great. That's cool. Mm hmm. We great. love Sinbad. Eric loves Sinbad. He came in like multiple times. He was just like, I'm Sinbad. And we're like, oh, God. I was just so like, I don't know people like that. So I was like, okay. And then I realized like he's a fit. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I have this picture with me and Sinbad. These two other people in the hotel. <laughs> I used to work at a, a salon, <laughs> a spa above um, a gym. And it was like a, an expensive gym. So, and it was in Red Bank. And, uh, you can probably figure out which one it is now. And I remember I hadn't been working there for that long. And I'm like this little country bumpkin from Jackson. So like, I have no idea what anybody looks like. Like I knew what Bruce Springsteen looked like from like MTV, but yeah, you don't really look like that in person. Mm -hmm. And uh, same thing with uh, John Bon Jovi. So the one day they had like a little cafe on in the gym that like we could go and buy lunch and it was cheaper. And then we would take it back upstairs and eat it in the salon. Yeah. So the one day I go down there and I'm waiting on my lunch and this guy's standing there and he's ordering his food. And like the lady at the cafe was always super friendly, but she was being like excessively friendly to this guy. And I'm like, eh, maybe she likes him. Maybe they're friends. I don't know. Maybe she's having a flirt. I'm just waiting on my little eggplant roll of teeny. Um, so she gets him his food. She doesn't charge him, but like a lot of them had like charge accounts. Yeah. So you would just charge it. So I'm like, oh, she knows who it is. That's why. And he goes and he like leaves out the front door and she's like, can you believe it? And I'm like, can I believe what? <laughs> she's like, Bruce Springsteen likes my food. And I'm like, <laughs> that was like, what? I'm like, what, what do you mean? When, when was he here? When, when did you see him? When like, did he say this? Just now. She's like, that was, that was Bruce Springsteen. I'm like, that was not Bruce. That man was little. And she's like, yeah, Bruce Springsteen's actually really short. And I'm like, oh my God. He's he's really short. Sinbad's real tall. Yeah, no, Bruce Springsteen is short. John yeah. Bon Jovi looks, God forgive me, John Bon Jovi kind of looks like a Karen when he was working out because like his hair is kind of long. Yeah, like it it's was kind of back in like and a thing. Yeah, but he, yeah. I mean, he looked very nice. But I, yeah, I, d I just didn't think that's who that was because, I mean, you, yes, you don't expect it. When I first wake up, I don't look. I mean, I don't look good right now. But when I first wake up, I look even worse. So oh. And I met Mark Hoppus of Blink-182. Did you? And he gave me this. Yeah. He's like, can you mail this out? We don't mail out postcards. And he came down to the front desk and I was there <laughs> and I love him. And I was like, hey. And he's like, can you mail this out? And it was like a little postcard he wrote. I'm only saying it because I feel like they would be like, fine if I yeah, said this. Yeah. Right. I don't feel like it's the wrong thing. Yeah. He had a postcard and he was like, can you just mail this out for my, my wife and my son or daughter oh. or whatever. And he wrote like, it was a picture of the hotel and he circled and it was like my room and it was like oh. love. You, and I brought it home and I put a stamp on it and I like mailed it out like from my own mailbox oh. so I wouldn't get in trouble at the hotel. I was like, it's Mark Hoppus's mail. You don't understand. They're like, we just don't do it. I'm like, I'm fucking taking it. I will it. do it. <laughs> I'm like, I will make sure this gets done. Me and Eric bought tickets to go see Blink-182 um, in Atlantic City like three or four years ago. We were super excited. We bought a hotel room. Like, this is going to be great. They canceled the tour like two weeks before it got to us. Yeah. So then we had this room in Atlantic City. We already had a babysitter. So we went down there anyway. Maybe when uh, he had cancer. 
I think it was mm-hmm. like before they said anything. Yeah, he's still yeah. Or he had recovered, but then he he had like yeah. a bad that was a bad swing mm-hmm. of it again. But uh, so we went down there anyway, and we went to Budokan. Yeah. That um. Yep. I don't. I, is that Japanese? Oh, uh, some fusion kind of. Yeah. I think it's like just Asian. You know, yeah. it's not specific. And um, so we got sake. I was wasted yeah you get ripped off sake oh my god we bought bottles of sake and we were holding the bottles of sake down the atlantic city boardwalk and we're talking to like homeless people and trying to pet cats and eric's like we have to go back we like it's cold you're gonna get sick and i'm like must go back no i want to see blake 182 and he's like babe they're not they're (laughs) not here like they never were gonna be they're, 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 they're not even in this state like you have to go back but yeah, Markov is cool dude, Sinbad, cool, Jaime Weinstein. Not cool. We don't have any breather strips or the New York Times. Bruce Springsteen is shorter than I expected, but a very nice man. Yeah. So with that, we wish you well. Yes. All good things. If you don't hear from us next week, we took a week off. If you hear- Get over it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron was spicy the minute she walked, she walked downstairs yeah, today. Like, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, like picking invites and stuff. But uh, <laughs> if, if you do hear from us, then you're welcome. If you don't, well, then you're you're welcome. So, well, th- that's all I got. All right, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Taking it back down a notch. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>